Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Today, our uh, our football show is uh, back for a second episode. I'm joined by my panel, uh, my co-host, Mr. Flanners. And I'm also joined by Dave Hendrick of the Two-Footed Podcast, highly regarded football podcaster. Hello. How you doing, Dave? Hope you're well, mate. And launching straight into this today. Oh, sorry. And just to just to give a special mention to our special guest, as you can see at the bottom, he isn't actually on the podcast, but thank you to Eddie Gibbs for joining us. What a lovely, lovely picture. So, gents, since we spoke last, Mr. Neil Lennon has resigned from Celtic. I'll come to you first, Dave. Thoughts? Are you gutted? Have you shed tears of te- rivers of tears? No, absolutely not. Tears of joy, tears of relief. Uh, on the news and and look it's it's not Neil Lennon's fault that this all went the way it went uh he came back when the club needed him when when Rogers walked away mid-season they needed somebody to step in he he did what was asked of him saw out that season and that should have been it he should have been thanked for his service as a player and a manager and the club should have moved on but they didn't and you know Look, last season we got away with a few bits. You guys pushed us and then you had a big dip and then football stopped. And because of that, we were given the league title. But this season, it's been clear he's out of his depth. He can't compete with Gerrard. Um, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him for this taking so long. He should have been relieved of his duties in about October. The board have to carry the can for this, but they've hid behind him. They've allowed him to be the scapegoat, the whipping boy, to take all the abuse, all the negativity, all the criticism. And they've just very slowly and quietly slinked away in the background and gotten away with it. And it's ruined the season. It's ruined 10 in a row. 10 in a row was always going to be tough. I mean, you just need to look at Juventus and see they'd won nine in a row and they're falling apart as well. So it was always going to be tough, but. Lennon wasn't the manager for for the club at this point. They needed somebody else after Rodgers, another progressive manager who'd carry on the work that Rodgers had done. Lennon stepped in. He should have stepped out. It is what it is. You sure, Dave, I feel like 
it, it got to a point where it was just getting dragged on and on and on. And, and, and for, for someone in that position under the media watch on such a regular basis, how how how's the, the directors not stepped in quicker and and stopped it and ended the pain? It's, it, it, it it baffles me. I really don't know. I genuinely don't know how they haven't made this decision months ago that he needed to go. And then whether they were scared of the backlash if they fired him, I don't know. But the fan base has been calling for him to go for months, so I don't know what the issue was. Were they worried that if they fired him, they'd have to pay off his contract or they being cheaper? I really don't know, but I mean, the decisions made last summer in terms of the last two summers in terms of transfers and, you know, and in terms of Lennon have just led to a poor squad that's completely unbalanced. Mm-hmm. Then you go and you sell one of your best young players in January. Mm-hmm. Rumors of other young players wanting to leave. It, it seems like the club needs, I don't know, I, I not a complete rebuild, but it, it needs reworking from top to bottom. Yeah. I think they may, it's potential. They may be waiting for someone, uh, you know, in the wings, a manager, they try to drag it out and drag it out as long as possible. And there's been some big names thrown around. Um, you know, I've seen Eddie Howe and I've seen a few lads throwing Rafa Benitez in the mix, but I'm sure Rafa's uh, got better things to do than go up to Scotland and, and manage an absolute... Uh, chaotic club like Celtic but any, any names Dave you've heard that would be in the running for the Celtic job or anyone you'd like to sort of see take that that job on I mean I, I did kind of think that Rafa Benitez would be the one because like you say there was that idea that the reason they're holding on to Lennon is they're waiting for somebody to become available he was contracted to the Chinese club then he leaves that job in like early January and there's been nothing about him since Lennon resigned. So I don't know whether they're, they can't afford him, whether he'd want too much control. Um, there's been a couple of names, Eddie, how you mentioned, I, I feel like he'll wait for a, a premier league job or, you know, a, a more London centric South of England job. I think Rafa would be interested because it's obviously a big club. Yeah. There's a great opportunity to win silverware. If you give him the type of control he'd want, he could probably reshape the club quite well. And I think he'd quite enjoy going head-to-head with one of the key people who got him sacked as Liverpool manager as well. Um, the relationship there was a little bit heated, was it not, in, 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 the, in the end? Gerard- yeah. Um, well, Stevie always felt he was a centre midfielder and everybody who watched him play knew he wasn't because he didn't have the discipline. Mm-hmm. So Rafa played him as a 10 and he was the best player in England for a couple of years. Um, and then Stevie and Carragher went behind his back, got him fired, got Hodgson appointed, which says all you need to know about the two of them. Um, <laughs> you know, just snaky behavior from, from Stevie G. But uh, I don't know. Uh, there's a couple of names going around that don't exactly fill you with enthusiasm. I mean, Paul Lambert's name has been mentioned this week. I genuinely couldn't think of anybody worse. He's been atrocious for years now he just got sacked at Ipswich so like if you can get sacked at Ipswich having done a bad job and then get the Celtic job it would it would really be a bit of a uh, yeah a bit of a stinging indictment against the state of of Scottish football if you know that's the best they could attract Walter Mazzari is a name going around he's not very good he was good at uh, Napoli a few years back 
a long amount of years back, eight years ago, did a bad job at Inter Milan, did a bad job at Watford, did a bad job at Torino. You can't get a, a big job off the back of doing bad jobs, is, is my view. I'd never want, like, if whatever club you support, like, like you say for Hibs, if Hibs decided to, to change manager, you wouldn't want a guy who's been sacked in his last three or four jobs. You know, you, you want someone who's coming in on a high, who you feel has a bit of confidence and arrogance about them, who can the players can get inspired by. Who's going to look at Paul Lambert and go, oh, yeah, you got sacked by Ipswich in League One. You, you're you great, Jet. You're going to get us back up the table. No problem, mate. He's a Celtic man, Dave. He's a Celtic man. And the people will be like, oh, bring him in. He's a, I think this is absolutely crucial for this club now. Rangers are going to win the league. It's a change of the guard. Whoever comes in next, it has to be a huge appointment because you're right. They're going to shape the the club from the ground up. Mm. It's it's a proper challenge, and, and it's up to the board now to get it right. Um, it's just, 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 and that's just, the thing: like Rangers needed a change. Rangers yeah. needed a big cultural change, so they went away from anyone with any link to Rangers. They went for Gerard, big name. Okay, no managerial experience, but that a legendary player. Big had, risk. A, a, exactly, a risky signing, but one that, like, there was no player sat in that Rangers dressing room that first day that wasn't looking at him and going, oh, my God, that's Steven Gerrard. Like, that's Steven Gerrard. In the same way that when Rodgers went to Celtic, now, admittedly, he'd been sacked at Liverpool, but the expectations at Liverpool are a little bit different. There was no player in that dressing room that wasn't going, like, this guy almost won the league with Liverpool. This guy's managed at the top of the Premier League. I'm going to need to up my game for him. The same way the Rangers boys with Gerard, every one of them knew if I don't up my game, I'm out the door here. And you're right. Celtic need to break away from anybody with Celtic links. Like it can't be, they can't just go with Kennedy because he knows the club because that'll end up in the situation that like you had at Bournemouth where they appointed the long time assistant and nothing got changed after how you need a fresh start. You need, new ideas, a new voice in the room. I, I wouldn't be against Howe at all. I think he'd be a very good appointment. I just don't think he'd take it. But somebody who can ins- inspire the dressing room and bring new ideas and new identity, the same way Rogers did. Rogers was a big, ambitious, aggressive appointment. Rogers was, yeah, Rangers, you know the way we've won this many in a row? You, you know how we've won all these titles in a row? Now we're appointing an even better manager. Sit down. We're going to keep this going. That's what Celtic needs to do. Somebody that Rangers are going to go, oh, don't like that. Don't like that at all. If we appoint Lambert, all Rangers sounds- will laugh. Sheik, you will laugh if we appoint Lambert, won't you? Look, this all sounds like wishful thinking, if you ask me. Um, I don't think Benitez is going to be sitting licking his lips right now um, at the prospect of coming to, to Celtic at this moment in time. Um, I think, uh, look, it would be a fantastic appointment but I think it's wishful thinking. I think the board are going to be the problem in bringing in a, a, a good manager as well because they're not exactly painting themselves in a good light at the moment. Whether or not they'll be able to to get something over the line such as that, um, it'll be interesting to see. I I think, um, you know, you've, you've touched on... The other thing that was really interesting was Neil Lennon really wanted to dig his heels into this role. He, he made it pretty clear... Uh, that he didn't, he didn't do walking away, uh, and I thought it was, uh, I thought it was strange. It was actually Flanners that mentioned this to me earlier. I thought it was strange that he 
decided to walk away just before the old firm game um, is coming up soon, which which does strike me as as walking away. And I don't want to I don't want to just pile into Neil Lennon um, altogether. I think the board have got a lot to answer for. I think the way he had some of his outbursts with the media that was a that was a time to, to to know that listen his time's up. And the board I think have just hung him out to dry as you said, Dave. But yeah, just to go before the Rangers soon to soon to be old firm game was was very very strange. I thought he might have just seen it out and tried to maybe get a victory in that game and leaving and leaving some sort of a high note of some of some nature. But then you look but at it, the other it's not likely that you guys are getting crowned champions that day. Well, like, that, well, well, that's what I was just about to say. So moving over to the, moving over to the other side of the Glasgow, um, you know, Glasgow Rangers, it's. Um, it's been absolutely fantastic uh, to watch them this season. I don't think you can simply say Celtic have been bad. Um, I have to say, you know, Rangers have played fantastic football. You, I don't know if you watched the game the other night in Europe. They're, they're attacking, you know, they've gone from being a team that didn't really have, I didn't really feel that last year they were very good on the attacking front. It was a working progress, but this year they've got, Plenty of options from Morelos to Kent to Hadji. You know, really, really exciting to see the way Rangers are playing. The midfield is strong. The defence was uh, and has been pretty consistent. I thought again in that on those two legs in the in the European fixture were a, a little bit a little bit all over the place. Uh, both teams were at the back, but just some comments, please, on the mighty Glasgow Rangers. Um, you know, they're playing. Fantastic football. It's mouth-watering to watch. What's your thoughts, chaps? Um, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the football is good. I, I, I generally try and avoid the Europa League. It's a little below my pay grade. But, um, no, you, you are playing good football. I, I did watch the highlights of those games against Antwerp. Now, I reckon I could probably find... 11 lads in the local town that could give Antwerp a decent game. Um, Were they not second? Are they not like second in the Belgian league? Is that meant to be impressive? That's like been the second best lookout on the Titanic. Come on, Belgium. Belgium are up there as one of the best. No, the, the, the national team are, but none of them play in Belgium. <laughs> like it's the same thing. Like the Scottish team is fairly good. But the the, the national like the national team is good, but the league is not good because most of the best players play out of Scotland. No, like, Club Bruges are running away with the Belgian League this year. Antwerp are not very good. They're, they're, they're very open side. They're easy to play against. And, and you guys, you could see with Gerard. Gerard knew, like, we're going to outscore these. We don't really need to be all that worried if we can see the couple of goals. So, like, in the first leg, you win 4-3. And Gerard's like, oh, pff, keep going. Just ha- go and hammer them, like. So you just kept attacking. Let them have the ball when they wanted it. You were never any danger. The one thing with this Rangers season is, like, you look at it, and obviously unbeaten in the league is is a fantastic achievement. Um, The wins over Celtic, impressive. But there's no real... There's no real statement win. Like, there's no game you can point at and go, that that win there, like, that shows... Like, I know you bet Hamilton 8-0, but again, like, you'd find lads in the park that beat Hamilton. Two 0 um, at Parkhead was a decent. Two 0 at Parkhead was, was a yeah that that's a very good result. But like the, your dominance in the old firm games, I think haven't been reflected in the score lines. Is what I'm saying. Like 
you guys have completely outplayed Celtic in a couple of the old firm games over the last couple of years. And there hasn't been like a, a battering. And in Europe, your best you beat Galatasaray. That that's the best result in, in Europe this season. The draws with Benfica obviously very good, but again, I'm I'm waiting for a real statement, especially in Europe. Like okay. it's an easy enough group. Standard Liège are poor, Poznan are poor, Antwerp are poor. Slavia Prague will be a really good test. They've just beaten Leicester. If Rangers can go out and knock them out over two legs, I think that really does send a message because obviously Celtic have been really poor in recent years in Europe. If you can go and beat Slavia Prague and then you're into whatever, the round of 16 or the round, is it the quarterfinals yeah. after that? Yeah, it's 32 at the moment. Slavia Prague are, are no mean feat. The Czech team are top of the league at the moment mm. as well. And I think I've just got, I've got a horrible feeling about this. You know, when, when Rangers took over Manchester and there was just so many Rangers fans at that that year for Cup final. Oh no, not again. <laughs> I think yeah, I, I I mean it's not an easy draw. Like they, like I said, they, they beat uh Leicester and as you mentioned, uh, Flanners, they they've the top of their league. Mm-hmm. They've got a couple of really talented young players, and they've obviously produced Suchek and Sufal, who are doing really well for West Ham. But I mean, after that, there's Leicester are fine, though. It's a big result. There's, there's killers in that that competition after that. Though. You've got Ajax, Villarreal, Roma or Shakhtar Donetsk, Arsenal, Spurs, United or Milan. Bring them on. Bring them on. Do you know, but that's what I'm saying. But there's no reason to think if you win that game, having them just having knocked out Leicester, that's going to give a massive confidence boost. Like, and then... like how Dave didn't mention my United there. <laughs> Yeah, the, Milan will beat them, hopefully. Um, what what happens, Shiki? What happens if you get United next? What happens if United overcome Milan and yeah. then and Rangers overcome Slavia? Like, does your brain just start to split in half, or what happens with that? I don't... Um, I don't honestly, at this moment in time, I would worry a little bit about them at the back. I would worry about them at the back. I think um, Man U obviously have got abundance of speed up front um it would be, it's always a, an emotional tie for me as well because i'm a rangers and manchester united fan mm. well, so that's uh, what he's getting to shaky he's like he's gonna asking you who are you gonna support in the night mate you I, can't would, I, would, I, I support rangers in that fixture uh, <laughs> so rangers were my first my first team i'm a glasgow boy so i do and when, when they met in the past in europe uh i supported i supported rangers as well uh but again i wouldn't be i wouldn't be it doesn't the fixture doesn't the fixture doesn't terrify me? I think uh, I think Rangers could score goals against Manchester. Oh United. yeah, that that Rangers attack will have joy against United, no question at all. The pace and the movement of the likes of Morellas and Kent and Kimar Roof and Hadji, like they're going to cause problems for pretty much anybody this season. But like, if Rangers can beat Slavia Prague, that's massive. The league is over; it's done. You have that one. That's brilliant, and obviously that's a massive relief. It's you know, your first title in 10 years, first title for this this iteration of Rangers after all the nonsense that went on under, you know, the previous incarnation. That's huge. And then obviously, you're then free to focus on Europe. So all attention can go to it. And there's no reason at all that they couldn't beat Slavia Prague, go into the next round. I mean, with a bit of luck, they could draw Molde, wipe the floor with them, and, and then they're into the last eight. For Scottish football, Dave, I think it's, you know... It's it, brilliant it, for it Scottish football. It pains me it's, it's to, stay, it's to say it, but 
you know, any any time Celtic and Rangers do well in Europe, it, it is good for the game. It is mm. good for our sport. And I think looking ahead to the Euros in the summer, when those pubs open and on June the twenty first, I just you know after COVID nineteen, I just can't see how Scotland are not going to win the Euros this year. <laughs> it's just it's, it's <laughs> going for us. But like, why not? Why you know, not? That's the thing. It's it's all about confidence and momentum. And it's the same thing as why I'm saying you, you want to bring in a manager at Celtic coming off a high who'll inspire players. Um, and Cheeky may be right. Rafa could be a pipe dream. But it's the same thing for Rangers. Like, if, if for example, if they win the league this year, I don't know that that guarantees Gerrard to stay if he gets an offer from a Premier League club. But if they do really well in Europe, if they got to like the semi-finals and they knocked out one of the big boys and then they could head into the Champions League next year, like that's a great season rather than just a very good season where they've won the league. At the moment, it's shaped up to be a very good season. If they could get to the last eight or the last four in Europe, that'd be incredible. And he's the type that will look at that and go, oh, I fancy more of that. I fancy Ibrox on European nights packed to the rafters lunatics swinging from the stands noise everywhere opposition coming out and just brown substance running down the back of their legs legs <laughs> I, I really think that's what will tie Gerard to staying at the club beyond this year yeah I think um it's a it'll, I think it'll take a bit of pressure off him as well mm. he was under a high amount of pressure this year if he hadn't stopped 10 in a row uh, you know the writing would have been very much on the wall so I do think he will feel comfort a bit more comfortable in the role. He's not the type of guy that will rest in his laurels, but I do think at least another season with the potential of big European nights, as you say, with the potential of turning over Celtic again for, for a second season, I think that would be a, a lot better for him prior to going into a bigger role, um, maybe coming, maybe coming, going down to to be manager at Liverpool. I think it'll No, I think, you're all right. I think the right will be on the wall. I think you'll get I think you'll do that role eventually. No. Jake, no. I, I think you know one thing Dave sorry to butt in would be whoever set like a point next year is critical because as you mentioned there, Jared wins the league, right? He's done it, happy days. Someone might come in from down south. But if set like a point a real game changer manager, Jared's got that competitive edge, he's gonna be like, Do you know what? Exactly. I've got to prove it again this year. And I'm going to take him on. So it, it's it's a lot of Celtic whether that guy stays as well. That's the thing as well because like if a new manager comes in, that gives Gerard the edge, obviously, because he's he's settled in. He's had now three seasons, and like Shiki mentioned, he was under a lot of pressure this year. Like the first season, he had a lot of work to do, a lot of turnover in the squad. He implement his ideas, his style of play. Last season, Celtic had clearly dropped off. And Rangers were looking really, really good up until they had that dip. So you look at from the 26th of January, they lose to Hearts. Then they don't win back-to-back games till the season stops on the 8th of March. They beat Ross County, draw with Aberdeen, beat Hibernian, lose to Kilmarnock, beat Livingston, draw with St. Johnston, draw with Hamilton. That's what cost them the league. That's why when football stopped and they decided to just give it points per game, it was Celtic's title. Because up until then, Rangers were looking very much like title contenders, but that little mini sort of dip or collapse or whatever you want to call it, that put huge pressure on Gerrard coming into this season. Obviously, he's just wiped the floor with, with, with Celtic and Lennon and everybody else this season. So next season, he's got the advantage of it's a new manager, 
But as Flanner says, it's also that competitive. If it is Rafa, just say it's Rafa. Stevie Gerrard is going to do laps of his house delighted with himself because now he's got a really top manager to go against. And if he can prove himself over a couple of seasons beating a top manager, then his options start to open up because like Lennon won titles with Celtic. The best job he could get was Bolton. Uh, O'Neill won titles. I think he went to Villa from Celtic mid table. Leicester were mid table when Rogers took over. He'd won three in a row, three trebles. Unbelievable. But none of them got a top job. None of them got a big six club offer. Gerard, at the moment, if he was to say in the summer, I'm leaving Rangers, I want to go manage in England. Newcastle would make him an offer. I don't think he'd go there because the owner's a lunatic. I think Fulham would make him an offer if they stay up. Um, none of the big six would go. None of the big six have, have, will have an opening, I wouldn't say. Leicester won't have an opening. Wolves might be the best job he could get in the Premier League right now. Wolves. If he was to outdo Rafa for a couple of years and do well in the Champions League, then maybe if Spurs or Arsenal came open, then he's in that picture. And I think for him, he'd rather that because he'll look at Rangers and go, massive club, success every year, can win titles, cups, into Europe every year, going against the best clubs, decent budget, not massive, but decent budget. I can attract players here. Unbelievable fan base. Stadium packed every game atmosphere off the charts do I really want to go to Crystal Palace with a smaller stadium the same budget much more competitive league not going to win anything I don't think he does I think he'll want to wait for a better job than what will be available this summer and one of the big things that can help him get there is Celtic appoints someone good and he does well against them for a couple of years wins a couple of titles and remember like one title, Ronnie Delia has two. Gerard's going to want two or three minimum to really be able to say, well, look what I've done at Rangers. One one title in Scotland, yeah, bad what, managers that, have done that. that that's, that's, that's what I was going to add as well. I, I don't think he um, he came here just to win one title. I don't think that leaves him, you know, Stephen Gerrard, legendary status at Rangers, winning one title. He's the, strikes me as a kind of, he's young. He's young in the job. He's a young man. He's got many years ahead of him as a manager. I don't think he's going to be rushing out of Glasgow after after going through the tough times. He really has been through the tough times. You know, he wasn't able to win the title when he first got here. He's um, he's had to play second fiddle to Celtic, and now he's getting the, you know, he's getting the praise. He's getting the exposure. I, I think it would be madness um, for him to for him to leave Rangers, like you say, to go to the kind of roles it could be. You know, there for him. No point. No point. You know, play, play, play again. Um, win the title again. Do well in Europe. Uh, I still think Benitez is a is a is a is a is a, is a long shot. Mm. But if it happens, then I'm sure the media would have an absolute field day because they've got history and they would build that up into a cauldron, and it would be a really. It, it might be what convinces if a Benitez was to consider to come it might just be oh you know what I want to go and stick one up Stevie Gerrard for all that shite he gave me when I was uh when I was at Liverpool that's it be the 
the, the, but then Stephen Gerrard will probably look at it from the point of view of, oh, this guy again. Now I get the. But chance. also, like Rangers is the better path to a big job. Winning titles and playing in the Champions League with Rangers will get more eyeballs on you than finishing twelfth or fourteenth with Crystal Absolutely. Palace. Yeah, and I think if you look at what Sir Alex Ferguson did back in the day, you know he, he was at Aberdeen for eight years, right? He, he cemented himself as a as a manager. Gerrard's just, he, he, I think, would be interesting as well. When it wasn't always going according to plan in his early days as a manager at Rangers, you could see little bits and a little bit of cracks and a little bit of changes in temperament. And, and that's obviously came out of his sort of repertoire this year as a manager. But I think it's, as, as we've mentioned previously in the previous show, it's maybe it's something to do with the crowd, Rangers fans not getting on the back if, if, if it was going quieter. I'd be interesting to see with the right manager at Celtic, with the crowd back in, uh, and a little bit more competitive, competitive edge from Celtic, mm. will Gerard start to crack again? Because I think they've played amazing football this year. He's done well. He's, he's dealt with the media really well. But the competition, the pre- it's the pressure. It's not- easy when I you're winning. I don't, I don't see him. I don't see him cracking now if, uh, under that kind of pressure. I think you're right. I think he was. I think it was a learning curve for him. Remember. He was new to being in manager position. He'd never been under that kind of pressure. Coming to Rangers, a big, big club, especially when you've got Celtic breathing down your neck, biggest one of the biggest rivalry in, in club football. Obviously, it's going to have an effect on you. But I think for him being through that experience, will stand him in far better stead moving forward. And again, another reason why a couple more years at Rangers, win some more titles, Build your build your CV up even more, and then go down to the Premiership to get a top top six position. Why do you? I'm curious to know. Surely, the legendary Stephen Gerrard is, is is somebody that Liverpool fans want to see eventually. Why why all the why all the negativity towards that that potential future? Well, a, a a big part of it is what we saw last season, and the willingness to just throw players under the bus when things were going wrong. We've seen that this season with Lampard. Like, as soon as things started to go wrong for Lampard, all the players under the bus, it's not my fault, the coaching's great. Gerrard was like that last season. It's easier to do it when you're winning and you don't have that pressure. So that's one of the things you'll want to see from Gerrard next season. If things do go a little bit badly or he has more competition and some of the results don't go his way, does he react the same way he did then or has he learned from that? But for me, like... Who was the last manager we took from Rangers who'd been a great player? Graeme Souness. Souness. Graeme Souness, arguably the best midfielder who's ever played for England, arguably the best British midfielder of all time, won a bunch of titles with, with Rangers, took over in a similar enough situation where they were at a low ebb, Celtic were dominant, and, and uh, Aberdeen had, had become a really like incredible force under Ferguson. Sunes takes over, does really well, comes to Liverpool. And now when you ask Liverpool fans about Graeme Sunes, his legacy is spoiled because of what happened when he was a manager. And as well as that, like not to be bad, but it's one season out of three that he's done well. That's That to me is a big issue. Doesn't have the experience, one season out of three, yet to see anything in the Champions League. I want to see how he does in adversity. I want to see how he does trying to defend a title because I look at Liverpool this season and it was easy to win the league last year trying to defend it this year now we've had catastrophic injury problems but at the same time you're I'm learning more about Jurgen Klopp this year 
than I did last year or the year before. Are you liking it, Dave, or not? Yeah, no, I am. Like, he, he was been a bit spiky with the media for a while, and everybody was wondering, like, you know, is the pressure starting to get to him? And then and that obviously comes out that his mother had died two weeks before, and he hadn't allowed anybody to mention it to the media. So you kind of understand it there, but it's not even that. It's 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 watching his interactions with the players, watching how he's when he's asked questions about, you know, why is this going wrong? He's not immediately grabbing for an excuse. He's trying to explain, yeah, everybody needs to improve. We need to improve. I need to improve. The tactics are off. The training is off. Maybe we need to alter this. And watching how he changes in game, like last night, Liverpool's shape in game was much different than it has been recently. Mm -hmm. And that's a nice reaction to see him have to a run of bad results. And that's the kind of thing I want to see from Gerrard. Next season, if the 4-3-3 isn't working, if your fullbacks are getting clamped down the way Trent and Robbo have this season. How do you react? Where are the goals coming from if those fullbacks aren't a constant source of creativity and goals? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll we'll learn more about Gerard over the next couple of years. And as I say, I'd rather watch him develop at Celtic, or sorry, at Rangers rather, going against Celtic than piddling around in mid-table in the Premier League. Like, uh, he's Steven Gerrard. He's He's the, the greatest player of my generation. Suarez is the best player I've ever seen play for Liverpool. Gerard was greater than Suarez because he did it for longer. And like that reputation, those memories, I remember watching Gerard play like his entire career, but from 03 until about midway through 2009, he was just a force of nature. Mm-hmm. And I saw that guy win us game after game after game. There's a generation of Liverpool fans who are younger than me who only really remember the last couple of years mm-hmm. and they wonder what the hype was about. And I'd hate for a generation still to come to see him as manager and go, this guy's a legend. Like, I don't want that. I don't want any of the legendary players. To, I didn't want Kenny to come back. He was grand as a caretaker. I didn't want him to stay because I felt that it spoiled his legacy. In a way, it did. A lot of people don't think as strongly of him as they did, which is a shame. I worry it'd be the, the same with Gerard. That's my big thing. I just don't want him to come yeah, back can, and can, it to go wrong. I can understand that. I mean, when in the Champions League, he's 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 it's gonna be it's gonna to be tough to talk, but will he be enticed by the potential of trying to win the Premier League as a manager? That 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 would be that would be something. You know, he, he he didn't he didn't achieve it as a player, so that must be. And he's let's be honest, he he is a Liverpool man. Of course, he is. Half the thing, this is the thing I know. He could go to he could go to Spurs and win the league, and if Liverpool called him, he would walk from London to Merseyside, take that job. Yeah. No matter what, he will. He could go to Real Madrid and win Champions Leagues, and if Liverpool called him, he would go back to Liverpool. So for me, I know he's always going to be an option. But I need to see him do it. And I need to know it's going to work. Like I knew Klopp was going to work because he'd won the Bundesliga. I'd need to see Gerard win a top five league with a big club, manage it day to day, see how he deals with everything. And with the greatest respect to, to the Scottish Premier League, it's not the same thing. It's not the same as going against a Bayern or managing a Bayern. It's not the same as going against Real or Bayern or managing Real. 
or Juventus or Milan or any of those clubs. I need to see him do it at the highest level for a couple of years to know that he's a manager capable of that level. Because unfortunately for him, Liverpool are now at a level where they can't really reach down anymore. It can't be a, another Brendan Rodgers type. It can't be a Hodgson type. It has to be another Klopp. It has to be somebody on Klopp's level or the risk of drop-off is too much. That's that's the big thing for me. And I just would worry with Stevie, with the automatic pressure that would come with being Liverpool manager and the lunatics that follow Liverpool as a club. And like, we had a couple of bad results and there were Liverpool accounts on social media demanding the Klopp get sacked, demanding that he go. He just won a league title. Imagine if Gerrard came in and struggled. Within six months, half the fan, but not half the fan base, but all the 14-year-olds would be up in arms. Who's this for to get rid of him? I remember him for his last couple of years was he was awful. And it would just spoil everything that he, he has built at Liverpool. Well, we'll be watching with, we'll watch with keen interest to see what happens. I do think, I feel sorry for Jorgen Klopp. Um, he, he was obviously in a very close bond. Uh, you know, losing your mother is one of the biggest things that can that, that can happen to a person in their life when it comes to trauma. And it made me really sad when I seen his press conference recently uh, and the way that he, he broke down. And football can be cruel, really, really cruel. Hero last year, winning the title, and then you've got people calling for his calling for his sack. It's it's a it's a it's a bloody cruel world that we live in. The man is a is a fine fine manager. He's probably not at his full strength at the moment, and I think that's probably taking his toll on him. But come on, he's a he's a legendary manager. I'm sure if if given time, he could still bounce back and, and, hmm. and change things around at Liverpool. So I think we're all getting a bit far ahead far ahead of ourselves and the, fam, the, the fans that are calling for it to remove them is just calm down a wee bit, you know. It's, 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 let's it's, be honest. It let's, happens. let's be honest, Shaky, when when the crowd get back in Anfield and, and, and they get a full-strength squad again, because, you know, it doesn't matter when anyone says they've been absolutely decimated with injuries this year. Yeah. Um, this season's gone. It's finished. You know, if they finish in the top four, it's a good achievement now for where they are and, uh, I think uh, anyone who wants Klopp's resignation um, needs to have a, give their head a wobble, as I say, and I've seen a few times kicking about Twitter. Yeah. Something else I yeah, want Yeah, absolutely. To... I mean, madness. Sorry, sorry, Dave, you were, you were saying that. Nah, it's madness. No, I was going to say, it's, it's absolute madness to be asking for him to go. Lunacy. No, I'm glad you... I'm glad you... You're... Uh... You're, you're, you're talking sense on that front because when I've been hearing it, I've just been thinking, bloody hell, man, that's that's that's, that's cruel to say the least. I mean, he's he's a, he's a fine manager. The players love him. He's a good he's a good person. He brings so much passion to the club. And all right, he's had a couple of spats at the media. It happens. To, it can it happen. happen to Fergie. Like Fergie, Fergie obviously was dominant at United from the early nineties through to when he left, but. The Arsenal Invincible team and then that team Mourinho built for two seasons, they're two of the best teams the Premier League has ever seen. If Twitter had been around at that point, you can be guaranteed there would have been 14-year-olds on there demanding the Ferguson go because it had been three years without a title. And I'm like, imagine how spiky Ferguson would have gotten if, if there was the constant coverage the way there is now. Like Fergie was spiky at the best of times. 
But like, it's just, it's so up. stupid. His it's so stupid. It'd been redder than that red wine he drinks, I tell you. Pop. <laughs> right, back back to the back to the north. Um, I want to come to your good self, Flanners. Uh, good, uh, amazing weekend for uh, for a for a for a smaller for a smaller club now, but uh, St Johnston, uh, amazing achievement, won the League Cup, and I know you've got one of your big pals over there as well, David Witherspoon, known as known as Spoonie, who's, who's, who's been on the podcast and, and you gave a great interview with him. But did you did you see the game and and what was your thoughts on that? To be honest, Shaky, the game was absolutely garbage. Um, it was was not a fine advertisement for Scottish football. Uh, however, the, the result is what counts. And to be honest, to see David, you know, that's St Johnston now lift two trophies in seven years. So they've, they've, they've won the Scottish Cup and uh, they won the League Cup. And David, I think he's the only St Johnston player to ever win two trophies for, for his club. So he's a, he's a history maker. Uh, I even seen uh, that the Canadian uh, soccer team tweeted about it yesterday because David obviously has a, a a Canadian passport, so he's he's played alongside Alfonso Davis, who won the the Champions League for Bayern Munich. I've actually tried to get him on the show, um, but I don't think he'll understand my accent. And Alfonso Davis is a bit too big time for me, so we'll, we'll see. David's Nobody's too big time for you, mate. You need to lose this attitude. You need to realise that you're too big time for the for the rest. So. I'll yeah. Make it happen, mate. Make it happen. If things go wrong, just blame Shaky. That's what you do. I know, I will. But I think uh, <laughs> it was great to see. I think you know Livingston are a club uh, playing under a very, very controversial figure at the moment in terms of their manager. There was a background of you know being in, involved in some big sort of drug organisations, and he he's turned around Livingston Football Club this year. You know they've they've been a a club who's been hard to beat off the went off the radar a little bit last sort of five ten games. Uh, but St. Johnson, you know, they turned up, they, they battered Hibs in the semi-final with my beloved team. They, they, they hammered us. Uh, and for them to lift the, the trophy yesterday, it was a big achievement for them. So I was absolutely delighted to see that uh, and see David. Um, and I've a really good St. Johnson's squad uh, do well. And so, yeah, and, and I suppose touching on, on Hibs as well. I think the last time I was on, on the pod with Dave and yourself, I sort of was disillusioned with Hibs and you know we're sitting on 52 points in in third place but we, we you know just sums up sums of us we were, we were five games unbeaten I think there and we went and got beat 2-0 at Motherwell so I just it's such a hard club to to, to work out at the moment but yeah I think um, yeah the, this, the game yesterday the cup final it, it wasn't the best of football but congratulations to Johnston and, and well done David as well. No it's brilliant it was brilliant I, I, it's, been, it's, it's been seen and branded all over social media since yesterday um, the chap the lad Liam Craig as well both of them have been getting a lot of lot of coverage and they deserve it you know you play for a play for a smaller club um, you know all the attention as it has been on this show again it, it's hard not to be is on Rangers and Celtic and I mm. like to see and a young Scottish manager as well Callum Davidson young his first year in the, in the job um, so you know congratulations to him as well that's just, just a fantastic but this is this is a Brilliant season for Scottish football. Rangers winning the title after so long, the dominance of Celtic ending, St. Johnston winning the League Cup. Like, that's brilliant. That's the type of thing that will help grow the sport. It's boring when Rangers and Celtic win everything every year. St. Johnston winning the Cup is absolutely brilliant. And it's a shame we didn't get through this pod last week because... Uh, Flanders, you'd have been coming on, on on a high after four four wins in a row in the league. Um, obviously disappointing performance at the weekend, but 
it just goes to show how quick you can turn things around. Like you guys were looking atrocious through this, the late December through January, but that four game run, I, I watched the Dundee game and the Hibs game and you're really good in both of those. I was really impressed by some of the football that was played. Um, and, and that's again, when, when you get Hibs doing well and going on good runs or you get Aberdeen doing well or whatever, those type of things are more beneficial to the future of Scottish football than Celtic winning the league every year. And I say that as a Celtic fan, the worst thing that's happened to Scottish football in the last decade is the collapse of Rangers, Hearts getting relegated and Celtic dominating everything. It's the worst thing that could have happened. Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you watch the Hibs team, they played some decent football and, uh, you know, and I think, you know, Lennon sort of got us playing a bit, you know, better football as well. But it's, I think under um, under Jack Ross, he's he's flattered to deceive. But and, and I've been sort of thinking to myself all year, you know, is this is he the guy to break take us forward? But we've just snuck up the lead. We've just you know we've just ticked over and ticked over. I think the lad um, Newell in the middle of the park's very good, uh, and that lad Jackson Irvine as well, the Australian boy. So it's um, I still think they're short, a bit shaky at the back, and um, but you know if they can finish, if they can beat Aberdeen to finish in the top three. That's a massive achievement for Jack Ross. And you're right, mm. nothing better than any other team than the old firm winning trophies. That's a fact. It just makes it makes yeah. you believe that there's actually something out there like 2017 when we beat the mighty Rangers at Hamden. What a day. I, 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 I agree. I agree. I think it was it was uh, very refreshing to see St. Johnston get over the line. Uh, it makes a change. You know, this whole thing that we've just got a pub league up here, and there's only two teams up here. It, it shows kills that, doesn't it? That kills that. It kills that. It shows that there are other good football teams up here who can compete, maybe not over the course of a full league season, but in a cup, they can get on a run, and a Rangers and Celtic can be beat on any given Sunday. And I think it's great for Scottish football. I think it's been a fantastic season to date in Scottish football. We've we've still got the old firm to come. Do you have any aspirations of uh, of a final little Celtic party that they could uh, they could get a win against Rangers, Dave? No. Do you know what? I'd I'd actually rather that the title was done and dusted, and everybody could just everybody at Celtic could just go right. It's over because as while it's it's hanging there above them, I I just think it's a bit of a cloud over the club. And I think the best thing they need they, that can happen to Celtic now is just Rangers to be be crowned champions. Now, obviously, I'd rather lose in the weeks coming up to it. So, like we've won game before that, I'd rather lose that game uh, and have it be over and done with before the old firm um, than actually lose it lose it to your lads. But like I say, it just it needs to happen. It's great for Scottish football for Rangers to win. It's great for St Johnston to win the cup, and like. For, for a manager like Callum Davidson, Flanners mentions his first year as a senior manager. If he can win a cup there and maybe next season he gets fourth in the league or, you know, wins another cup in a couple of years, that's going to propel him forward in, in his career. And what, what's class for me is like, you could ask me about the League Cup final from three years ago. Couldn't tell you a thing about it. Watched it, forgot about it. Flanners will always remember 2017. St. Johnston fans will always remember winning this cup and the cup seven years ago. They're yeah. always going to remember that. You're probably the same, Shiki, when, when Rangers were dominant and winning everything, everything just kind of molds into one. 
and you don't really you don't really savor them you don't really take the time to sit back and think that's a great achievement it's just part of what you do as a rangers a celtic fan but when you're supporting the other clubs those are the things that you live for and those are things you'll always remember and you'll tell your kids about your grandkids about and they're what will bring new generations of fans to Hibs, to St. Johnston, to Aberdeen or whoever. It's that type of thing that's what's really good about football. Yeah, that's what makes football, isn't it? It's those memories that, that gives you the, the chance and the opportunity to experience that with your family. And yeah, there, there's no other feeling. And, and it must be quite difficult for Rangers and Celtic fans to, to feel that emotion because, you know, it's just, it becomes so natural and, and, and the norm for them, doesn't it? So... So. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we've, we've discussed many, many good points. It would be interesting to see what happens with Celtic and to see who they might appoint as the next manager. I'm, I've got my fingers crossed for you that you do get somebody really big in, Dave, and, and somebody that really gets the, the juices flowing and, and we see a real rivalry between two big, well, not Stephen Gerrard, still a work in progress, but he, he's well on his way to becoming... Um, a successful manager if he if he has a few more good mm. years at Rangers and then and then moves on. So I just want to see them snipe at each other. I want to see every press conference just descend into slagging each other off. It'd be brilliant. Celtic and Rangers are part of mine at the best of time, isn't it? Would it? Be, it, would be, it would be, and I think uh, I think I will say Rafa wouldn't be my first choice, but that's more because I want to see him in England. But like he, again, it's a pipe dream. Ralph Ranyek would be the one I'd want. He would be brilliant. He'd just come in reshape the club top to bottom look what he did with Leipzig he's he would be the one I'd want but again it's, it's a pipe dream we'll be watching this space closely but before that we'll be watching very closely as Rangers win the title uh, we'll be watching very closely with Rangers hopefully progressing further in Europe uh, again congratulations to St Johnston Football Club I think it's fitting that we finish with talking about them um, congrats to their manager, to all their fan base, everybody at the club. Um, just to finish with, um, our our guest today, Dave Hendrick, you can check him out uh, by simply searching him on Twitter at Two Footed Podcast. The man has a wealth of knowledge. Um, he's quite entertaining, I would say, to, to say the least, to listen to him for an hour straight. He can go on some great rants. But his knowledge of the game is, is incredible. So check him out, people. Um, as I mentioned at the start, you can find us by searching Shaky's Sports Journeys, um, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. If you want to listen to a little bit more of me and Flanners, we've got some really cool stuff coming up. Some guests that will shock a few people, I'm sure. And it's been an absolute pleasure, gentlemen. Take care of yourself. Till the next time. Podcast Network.